Good morning. It's Friday, December the 4th, and I'm Iowimala, and I'm here in Illinois, northern Illinois, just above, above and a bit west of Chicago. That's Friday. We're having a cold but beautiful bright day today, and I hope wherever you are, you're enjoying good weather and you're warm or cool, whatever is appropriate for where you are. And uh, your spirits are good, your mood is is good, considering that we're most of us are in kind of a lockdown and pandemic mode. I just read this morning that Illinois had the highest number of deaths yesterday, uh, even even greater than the number in Texas, which is. I guess mentally I was kind of, uh, I've been very critical of Texas and how, they're, how they've kept things so wide open. And I guess even here in Illinois, where it seems like we've, we've shut down restaurants and uh, lots of places where there are large gatherings, but we're still having the same number of, of or more deaths than other places. So... I'm, I'm going to quit comparing. <laughs> that never turns out well. <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> so, today is Friday, and uh, Monday, this coming Monday, which would be the 7th, we have our next book group. It's Pema Children's Welcoming the Unwelcome, so you're very welcome to join it's not an unwelcome experience, but this welcoming the welcome. Um, you're invited to the book group. So whether you've read the book or not, or if you if you have a copy and you haven't read it, or you uh, you haven't joined our book group for some reason, give it a try on Monday. We're on chapters. I think we're working on chapters ten through twelve. So I made notes last time, chapters 10 through 12. And we're not moving fast because we're basically taking each chapter now and just people are just uh, have comments about something that really rung resolutely with them or something that they, some experience of their own that they recognize in Pema Children's experiences. And uh, it's a beautiful discussion, and it's great company. So I think we're all enjoying it. You don't have to participate. You can be a good listener, and that's super important. Or you can share, and if people ha disagree with anything, that's fine too. I think we're all just enjoying being able to discuss discuss a book um, and do it together when we can't be together other other ways. So please come and join us. It's just an hour, 5.30 to 6.30 Central Time. So I wanted to uh, read something from Pema. So I want to just open to something. This is from a chapter. This is later in the book but it's imagine life without ego. (laughs) 
Imagine that. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully it seems like a good thing to you. I'm just going to read a little bit into the first part of this chapter. Imagine life without ego. The Dharma often speaks of overcoming the ego and even attaining an irreversible state of egolessness. But to many of us, this just sounds like a theory. It almost seems like the teachings are referring to a plane of existence that lies somewhere beyond our human world. But overcoming ego is something that any of us can do. <laughs> Begins with a quote, You have divorced your husband, and now you should divorce Pema children. I received this cryptic message a few summers ago from Anamthabtam Rinpoche. When I asked him what he meant, he said it was just a silly message and didn't elaborate. But later, when I was doing a meditation retreat, I had an insight into what I think he was getting at. Lifetime after lifetime, I've been born and been given a name, and lifetime after lifetime, I've identified completely with that persona. It dawned on me what a waste that has been, what a waste to keep getting tricked in the same way and to keep missing chance after chance to experience the profound relaxation of being with things just as they are. Like all sentient beings, I have an ongoing moment-by-moment -moment experience. My five senses experience sight, sound, smells, taste, and tactile sensations, and my mind experiences thoughts and emotions. This is not a problem at all. It's what being alive is like, an amazing and wondrous blessing. But the sad part is that I've kept identifying myself as the one who experiences all this. This is turned into the illusion of a continuous, fixed, separate entity, which for the last few decades I've thought of as Pema Chodron, with this feeling of a solid, unchanging experiencer, I've become stuck yet again. I found myself in this situation where it's Pema Chodron against her experience, or Pema Chodron for her experience, or Pema Chodron indifferent to her experience. And from these three basic reactions, all kinds of intense emotions, harmful actions, and painful results arise. As I continued with the contemplation, I asked myself what I could do differently this time around. How can I divorce this Pema children? Is it even possible to do so? What would it look like to go on living and experiencing and functioning but without identifying with any fixed person? Or to use more Buddhist terminology, what would it look like to live without ego? The Dhamma often speaks of overcoming the ego and even attaining an irreversible state of egolessness. But to many of us, this just sounds like a theory. It also seems like the teachings are referring to a plane of existence that lies somewhere beyond our human world. But overcoming ego is something that any of us can do. So I'm not going to read any more that should entice you to join the book club and to think about uh, egolessness 
and what it really means. I think this is a, a, a great chapter because she she gets very specific and talks about very human experiences that we can all relate to. So that's coming up in the book group, and I'm sure we'll have a good discussion with that chapter. So join us if you can. There's no cost, and uh, if you ever want to make a donation, if you make it to Blue Lotus Buddhist Temple, that will help keep the temple going. So we're really enjoying this book. It's been a real blessing, I think, for everybody who comes because it's a nice, it's a nice time together, and we're all being good, noble friends to each other. So these are the kind of things we need to have in our life now because all of us are going through the pandemic together and it's connecting us in so many ways and uh, we're, we are all missing that uh, more intimate contact that we that you can have with really good friends or really good um, sangha members. Sangha just means a community. We usually talk about it as our sangha can be um, the community of, say, people we know who are practicing a similar uh, activity together. Or if it's a Buddhist sangha, we're all practicing the, we're all students of the Buddha's teachings. So the book group is a little sangha. And those of you who come in regularly, watch me or listen to me at some part of the day, we're a little sangha. And I hope it may not be as little as, as we all think, but um, it's you're coming together. We're, we're, we're discussing, although it's all me discussing, um, but we're joining in on something together that really can make our day better can give us something to think about other than just the the really mundane issues of our lives. And that's good. It's better than watching the news on TV. I, I watch the news once in a while. I'll try to watch the regular news on uh, YouTube. And it's just very hard to stick with it. It's too uh, scattered. It's too, and it's the, the, the beat of the news is a little bit uh, all all one way. So I'd rather read and find out about things I'm specifically interested in. So why don't we practice? I think these days practicing is uh, is good. We need to do this every day. So uh, less less talking from me and more practicing together. And sometimes our practice can feel. Don't think if it when the when the space is silent, that that's uh, not important space. It's really that silence that we're all moving towards. Usually, any guiding that I do or any teacher does is almost always just to help people enter the silence. So for some people, it takes a long time to be comfortable with the silence. For other people, they just want the guiding just to help them learn more about meditation. And it's once once they get into that pool, you know, once somebody walks them into the pool, gets them used to the water, then they're ready to uh, move out on their own. 
And some people prefer and really like guided meditations. Uh, it's, but sometimes it can just become a comfortable background noise. So the silence when we're because we're not thinking. If you if you're listening to a voice guiding you, the tendency can be to either just focus on the voice and go into a kind of a almost like a trance, or uh, maybe just start thinking based on whether you like the voice or whether it's irritating to you or uh, maybe it's the voice is kicking up thoughts that you can kind of play with. So the voice might just be entertaining you. And it can be a distraction as well if you become critical or judgmental. So the the best way to use the voice is to help just get you into the pool and help you get your, you know, your life-saving vest on and uh, make you feel comfortable enough to go out into deeper waters. But it's the silence that we're, that we're wanting to have. It's, it's allowing our minds to calm down. And there's nothing, I mean, that we're not trying to permanently turn our mind off or shut our brain down. But what we're trying to do is work with our mind so we can see our mind more clearly and understand our mind. Because instead of our mind always being in charge of what we're thinking about, what we're doing, always pulling us, when we begin to meditate, we begin to see how how much of a monkey mind we have. The mind is all over the place. And so if we're only letting the mind be in charge, we're being pulled around, just pulled around on a, a string. And we're, our tendency can be to just go off wherever the latest thought took us and get totally, we're always running down those rabbit holes. It's not just when we're on the computer and get caught up in, let's see, what do I get caught up in? Sometimes it's watching little French bulldogs that people make short videos of. Uh, and it helps me, it gives me some really good laughs for the day, but it's still a rabbit hole. So uh, I, ha I can consciously make the decision to watch a few and then stop, or I can get caught up in them and one, one family with French bulldogs turns into another and then it becomes Reuben the bulldog and uh, then it gets into uh, Mabel and Olive. And so that's a rabbit hole. When I sit down to be <clears throat> studying something or getting even getting caught up on my email is probably a, a better rabbit hole to, to go into. So we think we do that just when we're on the computer, but we're doing that without this practice of meditation to help us learn more about our mind. We're we can be doing that all the time, all day. Uh, we can be doing that to make decisions about what we're going to do for the day, just seeing where our mind takes us randomly. Sometimes that's a good thing to do, but living a lifetime of just chasing after whatever our mind tells us it wants to think about. All those distractions, all those, oh, Maybe I'll do this now. Or, oh, this must be really important. I keep thinking about it. So we're learning just to uh, be able to 
work with our mind and have a more gently tamed mind. So silence is, uh, is, is where we want to go with looking at our mind because that can take us more away from just that thinking analytical part of us and help us investigate it from a different point from a different point so let's sit for a little bit with the time we have left find that posture that allows you to be comfortable and feel relaxed but let your spine be uplifted So breathing is easy for your body. We can just watch our body breathing. Just be aware of the body doing that for us. Just make it, give the body the best opportunity to breathe. Take in that wonderful energy, that oxygen. So we're breathing in energy. And as we exhale, we're breathing out energy. And let your body begin to calm down. Just relax bit by bit. And we'll do a quick scan, body scan, just to remind you that this is really important part of meditation. Scan through your body. And today, let's just scan all the way down and experiencing pleasant feelings in the body. Just pleasant. So we'll scan down from the top of our heads down. When we scan, remember we're we're looking outside and inside. Be aware of your skin, your hair, feeling of your scalp, down through everything on your face. And be aware of everything that feels, that has a tendency towards a pleasant feeling. Not neutral, not unpleasant, but the pleasant. If the temperature on your body is just right, not too cold, not too hot, if you're not clammy or not parched, just be aware of what feels pleasant. It could be a gentle breeze blowing. So move down through your neck. If the balance of your body feels good to you, if you're aware of that, aware that your posture feels pleasant, 
you determine what's pleasant and just note the spots where you feel that. Note the parts of your body that you can recognize as a pleasant feeling. Move down through your upper chest, your shoulders, down through your arms, upper arms, lower arms, your hands and your fingers. Back to your torso. Move down through your chest. The mid-torso and then your abdomen and lower torso down to your hips. Just looking and acknowledging pleasant feelings in the body. Down through your upper legs, your knees and your lower legs, down into your feet, and your toes. And let's just do just that today. Now, when you have more time, you can scan up your body and think of any neutral feelings, any places where you can't decide if it's pleasant or unpleasant, but it's just neutral. And then if you want to do it again, down again, you can think of unpleasant feelings. But let's just stay with the pleasant for today, for this morning. Then just come back in that comfortable yet relaxed and uplifted posture. Being aware, being attentive. Be aware of everything your senses pick up on. So even if your eyes are closed, you'll have some kind of color or maybe light coming through your eyelids. You're walking. You'll have your eyes open. but you can keep your gaze more directed, not just looking around, looking around at everything, more focused. Everything you hear or smell or taste or feel and your thoughts And our thoughts, we don't try to repress them. We just allow them to come and go without getting sidetracked by them, without needing to feed them with our attention.
those thoughts are the little clouds passing through our mind, and our mind is the blue sky. Just allow those little clouds to pass through the mind. Let them come, and then just let them go. Sometimes they're thoughts that are very habitual, that we always start thinking about. Maybe as soon as we get quiet, we have certain thoughts that keep coming up and they want to direct our attention. Especially if our mind becomes quiet and if we become quiet, those thoughts might kick up. They don't like it when we're quiet. That means they're not in charge for the moment. Just let those thoughts come and then let them go. Whenever anything coming into your senses uh, startles you or distracts you, pulls your attention away towards that thing, that sound, or whatever distracts you might then pull your attention away, just see that. Be aware of that. That's all you have to do. Be aware. And then come back to that light focus of attention on your breath. And it needs to be light. That's why I, I really like that image of a little butterfly sitting on your nose. If we startle that butterfly away, that's our attention going off somewhere else. But then if we calm down, we allow that little butterfly to come back. Now, if you can, keep sitting even a few more minutes and just enjoy the feeling of peace and quiet and not having to be a slave to the thought running through your head. Sometimes if we can just give ourselves a few minutes 
Just stop and take a little mini break during the day whenever you think about it. And just have a couple of minutes of just sitting just like this. Just sit down and watch your breath. Let everything else just flow by just for a few minutes and see if that helps. And if you can spend more time, then spend more time. This is, uh, this is the time in our lives where we really need this. We need this practice. And it's, it really doesn't matter what your spiritual beliefs are. This practice is good for our minds and good for our body. So I'll see you Sunday. And I hope you have a beautiful weekend. Stay safe and stay, stay happy, stay content. Thank you so much for being here with me. Bye-bye.